Today on CityCast Denver, we're looking forward to Juneteenth this weekend with one of the people making it happen. So is there a part of the Juneteenth festival that you personally look forward to every year? Like, is it the food or is it is it a band or is it... Just the people. You know, I call it like our city's um, family reunion. Colorado recognized Juneteenth in 2004. The city did the same in February of this year. And earlier this week, the U.S. Senate finally followed suit. But on Welton Street, people have been celebrating Juneteenth for nearly 70 years. Today is Thursday, June 17th, 2021. I'm Paul Caroli, and this is CityCast Denver. All right, let's see what's happening out there today. Surprise, surprise, it's going to be hot. Again. Highs will approach 100, and there's a chance of showers in the afternoon. And speaking of the oppressive heat, the city's Office of Climate Action, Sustainability, and Resiliency released a report this week with tips on how to stay cool, if you're a building. Apparently 30% of Denver homes don't have air conditioning, and the city's recommended fix is something called an all-electric heat pump, which can provide both heating and cooling without causing too many unnecessary emissions. Those can be pretty expensive, though, even if they would help stave off climate catastrophe. If you're just a person hoping for a reprieve, the city has opened free cooling stations at all public rec centers and libraries. Today is the last day those are supposed to be open, but the weekend is going to cool off a bit, with highs in the low 90s on Saturday and Sunday. So hopefully it won't be too painful out there. Starting next year, the University of Colorado A-Line will no longer be called that. The $5 million branding deal between CU and RTD is expiring, and they're not renewing, we learned this week, which means it's time to start talking about a new name for the train to the plane. Past and future CityCast Denver guest Nate Miner has been reporting on the A-Line for CPR, and he was having some fun on Twitter putting out the call for people to pool our resources and buy the naming rights. Got any ideas? The only one I keep coming back to is, well, you don't want to hear this. Okay, twist my arm. Okay, the Paul line. Kind of snappy, right? The story of the end of the Civil War often gets boiled down to a dramatic scene at Appomattox Courthouse in Virginia on April 9th, 1865. All the bearded generals in blue and gray standing around a table signing their very important names to a very important document. But the real story is a little more complicated and drawn out, especially for the millions of black people who were still enslaved in the South. They had to wait for the Union Army to come and enforce Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation. And in the case of Galveston, Texas, the most remote slave city in the dying Confederacy, it took two months for them to show up and pass along the good word. The day it arrived was June 19th, 1865. June 19th, Juneteenth. People in Denver have been celebrating Juneteenth for a long time. Just ask any Five Points old timer about the annual parade through the neighborhood and settle in for some stories. But in the past decade or so, Juneteenth in Denver has been changing, a lot. It's not just for five points anymore. <laughs> There's one thing you cannot do is grow a street. Oh. So, <laughs> yeah, the street, the street doesn't grow. Norman Harris was on CityCast Denver a while back talking about the Park Hill Golf Course. 
He's one of the people behind the push for a new mixed-use development there. But he's also the man behind the Juneteenth Music Festival, which has taken the annual celebration to the next level in the past 10 years, and is back in person this weekend. Norman's also got deep family roots in Five Points, so we sent CityCast producer Xander McMahon out to Welton Street earlier this week to tag along as he gets ready for the big weekend. Are you familiar with uh, the neighborhood? No, not not really. So I, my, that building my grandfather um, developed in 1980. Oh, wow. Yep. That building right there, really, when we started organizing Juneteenth Music Festival in 2012, that was like where we started. That was our home base. Um, that was our office. We started conducting all of our meetings there. And it was great because Grandpa was there. He was always able to weigh in on certain things because he really you know, probably got to see the genesis of uh, Juneteenth starting here. So one of the big things I can remember him really pressing on that I didn't really understand the importance of was the Juneteenth parade and you know I think when we first started organizing Juneteenth we were really just focused on just trying to have a big concert make sure you know we had a big turnout it was kind of like the the big shiny things that you know might be attractive to folks but he really I got a video of it he really impressed how important the parade was who led the parade that's a little story on that like million and one stories on that building but um, it's cool how uh, just having that space there, having access to the space, gave Juneteenth just a little bit of what it needs, just a place for us to meet mm. and to, uh, to build upon our ideas. You know, it was some of the most memorable times I had organizing the festival was it really very humbly started, uh, organ- organized and started in that office. Wow. Um, yeah, in that's corner. that's incredible because, you know, you look at it, you're like, oh, it's a building, but it's so much more than a building. Yeah. It shows you the importance of, like, having spaces for people to gather and what right. can come come out of that. Yeah. So, if you know the story of Five Points, is like redlining was an issue. And so, like, a lot of the reasons why a lot of these properties are are in the state that they're in right now is because... A lot of the property owners down here were blocked access to capital to be able to improve their the, the properties and the businesses and whatnot. So, so right now we're walking down. What are we walking down? Welton. We're on Welton. We're on 25th and Welton. Is this the parade route? Um, no. So the parade route goes down. It goes down 26th Avenue from Gilpin Street to. Welton Street. Okay, okay. So it starts at Manual High School is where the uh, parade starts. And uh, what's, what, where, where are the vendors going to be located? Are they going to the be up and down are here? Located at, we have 140 vendors and counting. I think oh. my partner Chris was actually signing someone up when, when we ran. We have 140 <laughs> counting. So I believe right now we're like here from 24th and Welton, we've got vendors pretty much lined up all the way down to 29th. Oh, dang. So it's clear that your roots with this Juneteenth festival are, are deep, you know? Like, this is, sounds like this was kind of your family's baby, right? Yeah, it's like a, it's my baby. It's like a teenager now, like <laughs> 10 years old, Juneteenth Festival. But that doesn't count as the um, part. Doesn't have to be like Yeah, he said on the fence somewhere. 
Multitask. Yeah, we're uh, getting some tasks done. Um, tell me, you know, what has it been like to, now that it's in its 10th year, what, what has it been like to watch it grow into this event that is attracting 140 plus vendors? It's been great to watch it grow. It's certainly been an uphill challenge, and I think it's something that reflects um, a lot of folks' hard work. Uh, we certainly didn't get here on our own, and um, there were a lot of people who helped Juneteenth um, prior to our efforts. And um, so it's very exciting to see so many people who are recognizing it and understanding what it means, where I don't think we had that type of awareness in the past. Yeah, well, and this is the first year that the city of Denver is making it an official holiday, right? Well, it's always been a holiday right, for me. Right, of course. <laughs> but um, we're very thankful for the leadership of Mayor Michael Hancock and um, Councilman Christopher Herndon uh, for seeing the value in making Juneteenth a commemorative holiday here. Um, on top of that, we got a unanimous vote from city council and uh, so now it's up to us, the people, to push, to continue to push it. And um, I think, you know, the celebration is a big part, but not the only thing. We've got a lot of work, you know, uh, we need to look at getting Juneteenth in school curriculums. We need Juneteenth uh, museum exhibits, right, when we start talking about slavery. And um, what the residual effects of slavery have been are some of the things that are manifesting in our society and these disproportionate effects that you know that black folks experience you know that are much different than any other populations yeah yeah i was reading somewhere that there was um i don't know more or like a renewed emphasis on like partnering with pride this year yeah so um we are you know the good folks of at pride changed their date this year and so normally pride for the last 20 30 years as long as i can remember Pride Fest has been happening on the same weekend as Juneteenth, uh, which presents you know conflict for quite a few folks. But even beyond all that, uh, what we're really trying to address is how we can be uh, more supportive of our efforts to address uh, social justice and justice issues, and um, many of the issues that plague and affect uh, black communities um, affect all communities. Um, we do ourselves a disservice by putting ourselves in silos and it diminishes the, the amount of people that we have. You ever heard like, you know, power to the people and strength in numbers. And so there's so many things that push us to say, you know, we should be in this group, we should be in this group, and this should go over here. It doesn't work like that. Like, we need to find where our commonalities are um, to address a lot of the social issues that we have. Mm -hmm. And so if we can use a community event that has such a precedence like Juneteenth as a foundation for folks to come together um, and have fun, but also know why they're coming together, then I think we're really moving some big needles. And that's like one of the big things of how, why this is important. So. Yeah. All right, where should we go to next? How about we walk to the Five Points Plaza? Sounds good. I can like cool down. Yeah, oh yeah. We can go see, you know, we got a, um, the Five Points Plaza, a really cool place. Uh, I have some friends who own some businesses there, including Welton Street Cafe, Spangalang Brewery, and then a brand new place called Agave Shore. Mm. 
and it's a taco and tequila uh, bar. Okay, okay. What's going on with Welton Street Cafe? I was heard that it was in danger of closing earlier this summer. Do you think that's going to happen? It's aren't, aren't all businesses I know. in danger of closing? <laughs> that is a good point. Juneteenth is in danger of closing this summer. Oh, but, no. Yeah, it was, Juneteenth is in danger. If you guys don't tell some folks to all right, donate well, to our platform. Okay. That's JuneteenthMusicFestival.com. You can get on there and donate to us. One thing we're doing differently, or not necessarily differently, but we're making sure that we, um, we're changing up the flow of the festival a little bit this year. And so, like right now, we're walking in, uh, on 25th in between California and Welton Street. Yeah. And so there's, you know, several side streets that we're actually going to activate with food trucks and DJs and nice. seating to promote... Um, just an area where people can actually uh, safely consume, bring their kids and play games and whatnot. We have some wonderful food vendors that are part of it and just the whole culinary experience at Juneteenth is phenomenal. I'd say like bring a hearty appetite because we've got like some really cool um, exhibitors in the food space, the uh, uh, Jamaican uh, Reggae Pot Express is another one that's uh, you know you're not gonna just go to a, a drive-in and find uh, you know most of the type of food that we serve. Oh, that's you. Do you think it looks like me? Yeah, I could see the resemblance. Do you like it? Wait, I'm sorry. What are we looking at? They painted a mural of me. Oh, that. I'm showing me. I I, this is my first time seeing it. You drew this? Great job. Hold on, man. Work in progress. We love it, love it. They said it was supposed to be a surprise for you. Well, he's here so often, it's hard yeah, to surprise <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Age of social media. Oh, man, this is sweet. I really appreciate it. Um, you know how I feel, like, I appreciate it. I'm just kind of feeling weird, man. <laughs> like, I love that like, they did the chalkboard, because you were just talking about how Juneteenth needs to be in textbooks. It needs to be taught in schools oh, yeah. and stuff, so. You ever had a mural done of you before? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> right, yeah, my goal was to um, buy a building down here by my grandfather's building back, and that was gonna be the first first mural I put up was his. Ooh, all right. Well, yeah, it's a hot damn. Well, yeah, let's we can wrap this up. So yeah, let's go in the brewery. Sure. Yeah. Beer on the job. I, yeah. That's all I want to We're just podcasters. Yeah, we can drink like beer. beer yeah. <laughs> hey. Hey. Oh, you got special Juneteenth. That's cool. Really good. We have a a special brew, my good friend Darren, owner of Spangalang Brewery, they've been supporting our efforts down here since they moved into this place, the old DMV. Um, they've helped us uh, batch beer. Um, you see this year they've created a special brew. It's General Gordon Granger's IPA order number three. Okay, so we were talking about you needing someone to, needing to get a history lesson. What we're hoping someone to do is like look at this and say, well, who is General Gordon Granger? Right? 
he is the guy who delivered the word of freedom in the, to the folks in Galveston, Texas. He was the army, the general. So uh, Spengelang and the team got together and were like, how could we come up with a concept that was authentic but also honorable to just Juneteenth and this is what we came up with so buying this beer here um, supports Juneteenth supports a small business that's been supporting us for the last six or seven years that's amazing I think a hundred percent of our country needs to know about this probably a hundred percent of our country knows who the first president is hundred percent of our country knows who the last president was for sure <laughs> right yeah and so we need to start learning about all these things that like really make up our like our identity well norman thank you so much well thank you i hope i hope this went well oh yeah we've got links to a full rundown of the celebrations this weekend in the show notes for this episode and i want to specifically shout out the temporary exhibit on juneteenth history that will be up on saturday and sunday at the cleo parker robinson dance studio if you need a break from the sun and the tunes and the food and the crowds pop in and learn a little more about where this whole thing came from Oh, and we're taking the day off tomorrow to mark the holiday, so don't expect a new episode in your feed Friday morning. We'll be back on Monday. And by we, I mean our producers, Xander McMahon. Hey. And Lizzie Goldsmith. Hi. And Peyton Garcia, who writes our morning newsletter. Hello. Our music is by Los Mocochetes, with additional mixing by Tyler Lindgren and more from the Epidemic Sound Library. Smash that subscribe button, text your mom about CityCast, and have a great weekend. Today on CityCast, you... Uh, today on CityCast, you... Uh,